Real Housewives of Potomac this season has revived me, has put a fire under my arse because we need to talk about cheating allegations, side nigga allegations, eating the box allegations. Y'all, let's get back into this shit because I have a lot to say. Real Bad Gal Tings. I'm your host, Mish Maroon, and welcome to Bad Gal Chat Podcast. Now, let's get into the show. This is by far one of my favorite reunions that Andy has hosted because I feel like he has the the sharpness of the tongue that we've been waiting for him to have. He's been super passive for season upon season upon season. And I feel like he's at his wit's end with the Potomac girlies. I don't know if it's because he's a new father and his patience is wearing thin, you know, doing the whole dad thing. And he's just ready to whip these girls into shape. But um, don't take that racially. <laughs> I, 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 Andy, in his era of fatherhood, is not playing games, okay? So... One of the questions that Andy asked Ashley is, why are you getting a divorce from Michael? And Ashley alluded to the fact that, you know, she doesn't want to swing with Michael anymore. She doesn't want to have, you know, a bisexual, polyamorous, open the boudoir up to other people lifestyle anymore with Michael. Now that she's a mom, you know, she's changed and like what she wants for her life has changed, right? And Andy then asked Mia, um, who's dating Daddy G, (laughs) you know, the older gentleman who has chiropractic clinics, um, about how she felt about that because, you know, he left his wife and during his separation with his wife, he was seeing Mia. And Mia was doing all of the things his wife didn't do. You know what I mean? She was opening up the bedroom. Uh, They were, you know, doing orgies and living la vida loca. And then eventually he fully left his wife and went with Mia. So Andy was asking her because she has a similar lifestyle to the way Ashley and Michael had, how she balances that lifestyle. And Mia said something very interesting that I want to, you know, go further upon this episode where she said, I have to keep my husband happy. Like what he saw is what he's getting. Like the girl I was during his separation is the girl that I'm going to be throughout our marriage because I have to keep my husband, you know, and obviously we're not swinging from the chandelier because we have kids now, but we pattern our shit to where the kids aren't seeing, you know, our girlfriend, you know, they're not seeing inappropriate shit, essentially. That might confuse them. I was really thinking about how a lot of us as women have to kind of put our true feelings aside in order to quote unquote keep a man. And in the case of, you know, Mia, for instance, Daddy G is funding her lifestyle. He made her the CEO of his company, kind of maybe not really because of the reunion. But as far as we know, made her the CEO. 
you know, patterned her life in the type of way to where, you know, she's living a life of luxury that she wasn't living before. And in order to do that, like Mia has to make him happy, right? Because he's making her happy in the sense of material things. You know, there's always a trade-off in some of these relationships that are very based on transactions, right? And, you know, Daddy G gets to have, um, you know, a done-up wife because we've never seen Mia without makeup on this show. Unlike some of the other ladies, you know, she's had a lot done. She keeps her figure, you know, to a certain degree and her face and everything and the hair is done, the nails are done, everything's done, right? So Daddy G has a fly bitch on his arm and Mia has a lifestyle of luxury that she didn't have growing up. So in order to keep that, Mia has to put whatever she feels aside and make him happy and Ashley not wanting to do that anymore in her life, she also has the right to that too. Like Ashley being like, mm, I don't want to swing anymore. I don't want to like have people in our bedroom anymore. I have sons now. I want to set a, a, a different example for them where I don't feel comfortable presenting, you know, myself to my sons, knowing that I'm not staying true to myself and how I feel. And I think that both experiences are valid, but the overall gist that I was getting from Ashley and Mia is that they might not truly be into that lifestyle. Like they did that to obtain these men because maybe these men had wealth status, what have you. But there's bitches I know who they nigga don't have no fucking (laughs) status or no shit like that. And they're willing to, you know, uh, eat some box to keep their man, right? So (laughs) it's not... It's It sucks because, you know, another thing I think about is the very few straight male friends that I have in my life. And I never hear them say, oh, I have to do this to keep my girl. Like, I don't hear. I've never heard that. And if I do, it's like, oh, yeah, I have to get my girl something for Valentine's Day because, you know, I got to keep my girl. But like outside of that, it's not like, oh, I have to maintain a standard of myself because I need to keep my girl. Like that's never in the conversation. And I hate how imbalanced that is. While I'm talking about this though, like I always like to tell folks listening, I am just as problematic or to blame for the things that I critique because I'm also critiquing myself and with me in relationships, sometimes I'm like, oh, if I don't do this, another bitch will. You know, it's always at the back of my head because I heard my Jamaican aunties growing up around the table talking about, ooh, if you don't do that for your man, another woman will. It's hard because I have that in the back of my head too because of just the way we're conditioned as women. We're just, it's so ingrained in us to like do everything for a man and to like make sure your man is straight and like keeping your man and maintaining yourself, even your your appearance. Like, oh, I have to work out at the gym because I have to keep my man. I have to make sure my nails and my feet are together because I have to keep my man. Like it's always like this little like incessant buzzing voice in the back of your head. And I feel like us as, as women, we're so wired to restructure a lot of our lives and our behavior around men in the same ways that like men are not 
On the other side of things, there was a conversation that Juan's roommate brought to the group about the possibility of uh, the Grand Dame herself having a side nigga, right? Um, and they never showed, like, the cameraman never showed, like, any of the photos that Juan's roommate showed the girls um, of allegedly Karen out with some light-skinned nigga in, you know, uh, sport gear. I'm going to be very frank. I'm a big Karen Huger fan. I'm a big Grand Dame fan. Do I believe that she has a side nigga? A little bit. Like, I think it's possible. I feel like people from her generation are just as wild as, like, our generation. But back in the day, like, you didn't talk about things like that. And it's normal, but you just didn't say it. Whereas like our generation, it's very like, we're in your face. We'll talk about things. We'll embrace shit. Like for instance, Mia is very much like, you know, closer to our generation to where she's just like, yeah, we do this. Yeah, we do that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Where Karen could, and you know, her husband could be doing just as much wild stuff as Daddy G and Mia. Right. But they wouldn't say that because they have they're conservative and they have to have a certain face about things. And I don't think that the grand dame gave an answer that I was confident with in terms of her having this side nigga or not. Right. And her and Ray's relationship, because he is a bit older than her. And I mean, they're both kind of seniors at this point, but I think there was a conversation a couple of seasons back about them having issues with intimacy um and you know what they say as men get older their sex drive declines which is why they tend to go for you know younger women whose sex drives are not super ramped up whereas older women tend to have their sex drives increase which is why they tend to gravitate towards younger men whose sex drives are still very up there right um when i mean younger before people jump to motherfucking conclusions like people like to do online i'm talking about consenting adults so younger adults okay younger men younger women not children let me be very frank um so i think that that mismatch and like sex drive as you get older um can really exaggerate some intimacy issues that anybody has after you've been with your partner for decades right so do I, I don't disbelieve that Karen Huger might have a side nigga and I don't have an issue with it. If it works for her and her husband, it works for her and her husband. I wish Karen would be honest about it, but that's just not how that generation is. And that, I don't think they'll ever be that forthcoming, but she also did say this season that she finds porn to be beautiful. Um, so I feel like if she could say that, then she could say that she has a side nigga. I don't know. I have to give it up to Mia for and something that I relate to her on is sometimes myself I'm also delusional and I think that everybody wants me men and women so you know I feel like sometimes when your confidence is like super super high and I feel like me as a Sagittarius too so it's probably a Sagittarius trait but sometimes I just feel like men women want like I just feel like everybody want me like because I'm that bitch so I feel like Mia sometimes is in that headspace of I'm that bitch but it's not always not everything good for eat good for talk right like if you're Jamaican you know that saying you know what I'm trying to say 
So it's not everything you have to talk on. Maybe she could have told her husband. Like, I would have told my man, like, ooh, you seen the way white Chris was looking at me? You got a good one, bae. Like, you got a fine bitch. That's what I would say. I wouldn't be like on the show and confessional, like, mm, everybody husband want me. Ooh, all the housewives want me. Mia also had a physical altercation with Wendy this season where she uh, threw a glass at Wendy because Wendy was upset that Mia gave her attitude about not following up on her deal with Peter, Jamaican Peter. Smiling Eddie told when Dr. Wendy Osafo uh, to cool her brakes because she had kidney stone. She has kids to take care of. She has a lot on the go and she's a professor. And a political commentator, like, Miss Thing has a lot to deal with. So she didn't follow up with Peter. And I myself relate to that because I am also a busy bitch and a busy body. So I don't think Mia, especially Mia being a businesswoman herself, I don't think she should have judged Wendy and maybe should have asked Wendy, hey, girl, like, why aren't you following up with my friend Peter on this? Like, is everything okay? Because, like, he feels a way about it. He was also mad that Dr. Wendy Osefo didn't check in with Peter when she reached Miami. And she's like, that's my brother. How dare you? And Dr. Wendy Osefo rightfully said, um, I don't have to check in with no man other than my husband. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> Which she's absolutely right. And Dr. Wendy Osefo was hella shady when she said to Mia, oh, like, you know, maybe that's how you and Daddy G play, but me and smiling Eddie don't play like that. Tell me why Mia threw a drink at her or was getting up in Wendy's face. And Juan's roommate and Giselle were on Mia's side and were saying that Dr. Wendy Osefo antagonized Mia. Now, if we flash back to a couple seasons ago, Candace was in a physical altercation with Monique, right? Um, I can't even remember for the life of me what the fight was about. I, I forgot. I'm so sorry. But they fought nonetheless. Monique is dark-skinned. Candace is dark-skinned. But at the time, the green-eyed bandits, Giselle and Juan's roommate, were really upset at the fact that they just didn't like We'll just say they just didn't like Monique. They were trying to get Monique off the show anyways. They had it against Monique because Monique was not putting up with their shit and would call them out. When the physical altercation happened, when Monique whooped Candace's ass, they were like, oh, we can't stand for this. No, no, we can't put our hands on each other. This is ridiculous. And Monique ended up getting let go from the show. Now... You see, it's interesting because uh, when that happened to a dark skin woman on the show, y'all was talking about police warrants or police reports and she needs to be kicked off the show and she's violent and um, Giselle had a, hired a bodyguard because she didn't want her to lunge at her, like all these dramatics. But now when Mia throws a drink and gets up in Dr. Wendy Osefo's face, it's Dr. Wendy Osefo's fault for antagonizing her. And Mia was just upset and we understand why she was upset. This is what we, we mean when we're talking about the colorism on the show. Colorism is not always about 
you're dark, so I don't like you. But it's about who we give preferential treatment to, right? Just like with racism, like I could be in a class with other white pupils and the teacher will always call on everybody but me, even if I have my hand up, right? Never gives me a chance to answer the question correctly. The teacher isn't calling me a nigger, but the teacher is giving preferential treatment to the white students. And I feel like on the Real Housewives of Potomac, the light-skinned bandits really give preference to girls who are either light-skinned or kind of go with their bratty high school mentality of like this Regina George fuck shit that they be on. Recently, what happened is that Juan's roommate had her roommate Juan's side chick step out. Apparently this woman was from Canada. They won't say, we know she's from Toronto, big purr. We know, cause this ain't no Vancouver bitch. This is no Montreal bitch. This is no fucking Saskatchewan bitch. We know that bitch is from Toronto. Point period blank. So I'm gonna say she's from Toronto, I don't care. This girl from Toronto, this Toronto thing, right? The story is that, that Juan's roommate and Juan are saying is that she was talking to Juan and giving him attention in DMs and it was locked down. And I guess Juan's roommate wasn't giving Juan enough attention. And so he went to some Toronto ting to get it. And the Toronto ting was like, I'm going to fly out to fuck on like an NFL nigga or an NBA nigga. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be in your state. And Juan was like, I right, cool. So Miss Thing drops into his state, right? Or I, yeah, whatever. She drops into his state. And allegedly she goes to the hotel and she's like, oh shit, somebody stole my wallet. So she calls up Juan and she's like, Juan, Juan, my wallet is stolen. Uh, I can't pay for my hotel room to fuck on this NBA nigga. What am I going to do? And Juan is like, don't worry, Toronto Ting. I'm going to drive down there and make sure I could pay for your hotel room and that you can safely stay to, you know, be a telly ting and, and get y'all your money or get your date with this man. So he allegedly checks the lady in and leaves her alone and says, I have a good night. Enjoy fucking on that NBA nigga. Um, safe travels back to the six. Um, the Toronto ting is saying something different. She's saying that Juan fucks on her in the hotel room. Okay, and then he passed her off to his um, NBA homie from back in the day, like a chugga chugga choo choo. You know, they weren't like both in the room, but they kind of just, yeah. So anyways, that's the story. And Giselle is believing that Juan never fucked on the Toronto thing. Now, me, you, your mama, your pappy, uh, uh, the school teacher, uh, the cashier, your dog, your fish, your cat, um, your neighbor, all know that Juan fucked that woman. Probably, hashtag probably, okay? Cause I don't wanna, we all know that most, like that sounds like a load of bullshit. Another issue I have with Juan is, you know what we need to cancel in this year, 2023, our Lord and savior is stingy men. Juan is stingy in a blood pleater. Juan is stingy, bro. Because why the fuck 
when they renewed their vows or when they got married again, he wanted to originally go to Jamaica on the tail end of his brother's wedding to marry Giselle, not Giselle, sorry, to marry Robin in Jamaica. Like who goes on a destination wedding and is like, oh yeah, let's just get married too. Is that not weird vibes? Like, come on now, bro. And then that didn't happen because the quote unquote moment wasn't right. Maybe because Juan saw that Jamaica's kind of a little expensive. Um, And they just did it in Maryland on some port. And then only like Robin's parents were there and her kids, like not even like Juan's parents were there. Like, it was just odd. I will say the ceremony was beautiful. I will say that, but I think that, I think that Andy paid for some of it um, because you know, like sometimes when you have your wedding on Bravo, they do pay a chunk, right? They do pay for some of it. Like when Nini had her wedding and I think Candy, like Bravo, a lot of the times, I'm pretty sure they'll be like, okay, we'll cover decor. Um, You guys can take care of like DJ and uh, food and shit, but we got the decor because we want to put out a good product. Ain't no way in hell that motherfucking Juan paid for that shit, bro. Paid for all of that. Maybe, but I doubt it. Juan is stingy. It's terrible. It's embarrassing. But that's the life that Juan's roommate chose to live. Now, the moral of the story that I really want to talk to you guys about is the fact that um, with the green-eyed bandits on this show, I genuinely feel like they are simply jealous of the darker-skinned ladies on the show. Here's why. This is definitely not all light-skinned women because I know some light-skinned women who are staunch like defenders, supporters, besties to dark-skinned women, like, and they know what the fuck is up. Some light-skinned women who feed into colorism, right? They've been told all their lives that because they're pretty, um, because they have lighter skin, lighter eyes, lighter hair color, smaller nose, you know what I mean? That men are going to want them that they're going to live a soft life quote-unquote soft life an easy life because they're pretty because they're light-skinned that they don't really have to work for anything they don't really have to go to school or do too much um they could just find a nigga to take care of them and they find this nigga to take care of them and this nigga dog walks her and treats her like shit and they're like, wait, but I'm pretty. I thought, because I'm a pretty light-skinned girl, that I was going to live happily ever after. Why would you cheat on your preference, right? And then they see the dark-skinned woman on this show, and they're like, how in the fuck does this girl have dark skin, kinkier hair than me, brown eyes, fuller nose, several degrees, several businesses, a husband that loves them, a husband that only wants them, husband that doesn't cheat, husband that's not abusive. 
children that love them. They have it all. But I was supposed to have it all because I'm pretty and light-skinned. That is really the core of the show and the beef is I feel like the green-eyed bandits and a lot of the, and Ashley and all of these girls think that they were supposed to have it sweet. But turns out, you know, pretty privilege does not mean an easy life.